It's the Beetle Places podcast special with Mark and Carl. This time, the story of a hard day's night. Hello, all and everybody else. Is that the time already? Uh, yeah. Well, how quick the time goes, maybe. Maybe let me watch slow. You haven't got it on. Oh, uh-huh. yet another Beetle Places podcast. Episode rears its head, but this time Mark and Carl are here with a Beetle Places special. Roll out the bunting and get the good china out, a roll of drums, (laughs) get the kettle on. Here we go. Slippers on as well, eh? It's going to be a long one. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. Yes, indeedy, yes, indeedy. We're putting the regular features in the into Tupperware boxes tonight and leaving them in the fridge just for one show where they'll keep, I'm sure they'll keep, because on this edition, we're exclusively talking about the story behind and the details about the Beatles' northern premiere of A Hard Day's Night movie in Liverpool, 10th of July, 1964, as long ago as that. Oh, aye. There's a lot you may not know about the event, but with Mark and Col around, we'll reveal all as well as tell you about it. We'll have a damn good try at it anyway. So uh, get myself comfortable. Mm -hmm. Are you okay anyway? Yes. Uh, Hello everybody for listening. Thanks for joining us and uh, have some fun. Yes, it's uh, a hard day's night special today on the Beetle Places podcast. The show is about the movie, the premiere in Liverpool, and a couple of uh, hard day's night quizzes to keep it lively. Oh, you got to do that. Mark is here, that's me, with a special trivia quiz all about and nothing but a hard day's night as a main course, uh, with a side order of fun-sized facts. They look fun size. They do. Uh, no coleslaw, thank oh, you. Uh, well, I, I blah, quite blah, like coleslaw. Blah, 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 blah. Tzatziki, yeah, some of that as well. Oh, give me that. Come on. So, first out of the traps, um, so to speak, and to use a bad phrase, is my mate and future kidney donor, huh? Mark. We can rebuild this man, Glynister. Just back from his tap dancing lessons with the marvellously mellifluous... Ooh. <laughs> bought a dictionary. Calm down. Beetle Places Trivia Quiz, a hard day's night edition special. Mr. Glenister, we're anxious for your dull, uh, dulcet tones. Oh. Your table awaits. Uh, what's this about kidney donors? No, 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 nothing. Oh, no, nothing. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, my table awaits, you said. <laughs> uh, can, uh, can I sit by the window? <laughs> right, question number one here. Of three questions this evening, or this morning, depends what time you're listening to this podcast. Uh, April the 1st, 1964. All right, cast your mind back to then. I'm trying, I'm trying. Alfred Lennon, that's John's dad, Mm. met him. He did, uh, while they were filming A Hard Day's Night. So uh, what I want to know is, what did John say to his dad when he turned up? He turned up uh, at um, somebody's house, I can't remember where, but... uh, what did John say to his dad? I'm, Alfred, I'm, I'm, Alfred I'm going to have a guess already, but it won't be polite. No, yeah. mm. <laughs> it's, it's not bad, it's not bad. So that's question number one. Right. Question number two, uh, if you think of the some of the songs in the film, uh, Paul sang And I Love Her. Okay? Yeah. Remember that? Now, who was the inspiration for that song? Um, hmm. Not too difficult, but, uh, you know... 
Who did Paul McCartney write And I yeah. Love Her? You've got to think about it. Yeah, I've got a little think about it, what he was up to and yeah. everything. Uh, finally, the iconic uh, cover for the album, mm-hmm. all the lots of little pictures on the front, like uh, a contact sheet for photography. Yeah. Um, what are you, <coughs> who I, well, what I want to know is, who took those photographs? Oh, now. Ah, now yeah. then. Ah, now. Got you now, haven't it, I? Ah, hey? oh, ah. So. It, uh, it's on one of the old episodes we did. Is it? Uh, yeah, because yeah. I talked about the album, yes. and uh, people will either have to stop this, go away, play the old episode, or you can just hang around for the answers later. Or look at a book. Or look it up. And yeah. see if I'm right or not. <laughs> um, right. Uh, good questions, by so the way. There we go. Good, Thank good, you. Good so questions. Yeah. I'm uh, saddle up now, and as I ride off into sunset on Champion the Wonder Horse... Where's my coconuts? Uh, asking myself who took my car. <laughs> mm. uh, we head over back to Col, uh, sitting in the ah. side of the room there, oh. in his front parlour, ah. uh, to begin the ever so interesting story of the Beatles and a Hard Day's Night movie premiere in uh, July 1964. Uh, yeah, well, so, uh, there's, there's a lot to tell. It's for you. Over That's... to you, Col. Cheers, Chum. Beatle Places podcast. A splendid time is guaranteed for all. And we've got the receipt to prove it. Uh, well, let's do a bit of background here because what it was was, of course, it's a famous event. It took place in Liverpool on the 10th of July. And what happened was I was looking up some research about the topic and all the stuff about the official paperwork and all the letters of authority and all the correspondence to get it all organised is all in the Liverpool uh, Archives Office of the Liverpool Library. So I've spent a good few weeks in there, and this is what I've found. So are you prepared? Pull up a cushion. We're, we're going to get going. There'll be a lot of details. I'm ready for you. Okay, good. I've good, got yeah. my pen ready. Right, and we're going to need a bit of... Uh... Cheers. Yes, yeah, cheers. Yeah. Right, your turn. Mm. And uh, Got me tonsils lubricated. Off we go. So, um, right, we're going to... Tell me all about it. The Beatles came to a Beatles Civic Reception in Liverpool at the Town Hall in the high streets of Liverpool, Liverpool 2. And they came on the 10th of July, 1964, to do two things, to be honoured in their town, by their, by their town, and also to attend the premiere of the northern version of A Hard Day's Night movie, which had just come out. And this reception and the whole shebang started with a fella called Eric. And Eric was an MP, a fella called Eric Heffer, who was just a little city councillor, who in later life became a very famous Liverpool MP. He and, did. And all he did on the 2nd of February, he wrote, he hand-wrote a letter, which I've seen, uh, to the Lord Mayor of Liverpool, a fellow called John Macmillan, and he proposed a very simple, quiet, on-the-side, civic reception. Well, it Wouldn't ended up... Quiet. It wanted yeah. to be <laughs> quiet. Quite the opposite, really, officer. Um, for the Beatles, he just wanted the Beatles to turn up very quietly when they could uh, to celebrate their success in Europe and, the, and America and just honour them as ambassadors for Liverpool because they'd done an awful lot of good for Liverpool. For, for once, Liverpool was noticed and uh, we've appreciated it ever since. So the Lord Mayor snapped into action and two days later he wrote to Brian Epstein and he proposed a civic reception idea. Just a little get-together in the town hall, nothing special. And at this point, no plans, wasn't going to be a grand affair, just a very simple visit. Knock, knock, we're here, where's this Where's this uh, piece of paper, cup of tea, right, thanks a lot, ta-da, we're gone. 
So luckily, by the 6th of February, Brian Epstein replied, or as quick as that, and he replied to the Lord Mayor by letter, and he, he said, look, the band are busy for the foreseeable future, and they're just about to fly off to America, and he would be mostly working right up until May, or the band would be. But Brian Epstein, being as polite as he ever was, he uh, politely accepted the invitation, uh, but he didn't give a date. So even though nothing was signed or sealed, there was a proposed civic reception, but nothing more than that. And funnily enough, it didn't take very long for this information to creep out of the council because complaint letters started coming in from, from honest taxpayers. Ah, not having them ruffians, are you? Yeah, well, mm. yeah, we're not having that, that loss. I'm glad we got rid of them. But um, uh, 16th of February, somebody wrote in and complained about it being the very idea, young pop stars being honoured like this. Terrible. <laughs> Disgusting. So, not a great deal happened for the rest of February, but in March, the Lord Mayor uh, got back in touch with Brian Epstein uh, with, like, I suppose you'd call it a progress chase. And uh, by, by this point, uh, Brian Epstein, very busy with the band, very busy with their success and uh, keeping it going. They were just about to embark upon their tour of the Far East, Hong Kong, Australia, New Zealand. And uh, look, luckily, Brian Epstein uh, gave uh, him a reply uh, in middle of March. And he said, yeah, um, what he'll do is he'll consider it still, but um, the Lord Mayor, just as a sort of way of uh, keeping in touch, he said, look, if you're going to Australia, how would you like to pass on a congratulatory sort of a letter to the Lord Mayor of a place called Liverpool in New South Wales, Australia? Um, uh, a, a mayor called Ernie Smith. That sounds Australian, doesn't it? Yes. So when the band gets sure there, does, mate. just one of those things, you know, um, same name, all that sort of stuff. However, um, the reception itself was one of those things where it was a little bit difficult to get organised and toying with the idea because the band were coming home privately and sometimes separately, but never quite like together as a, as a, as a band. As a, as a group or a band. As yeah. a band. Yeah. And so it's sort of, uh, this sort of required a fair, fair bit of planning, considering how busy they were making records, touring, um, becoming popular, TV appearances, radio shows. So, um, what happened was uh, there was a suggestion by Brian that he uh, proposed that there would be a northern charity premiere of A Hard Day's Night up in town in Liverpool around July. Didn't give a date exactly, but um, uh, it allowed Brian to say whether it was a good idea to maybe combine the two. So Brian had the whole idea of doing a biggie, you know, doing a big event. Yeah. Uh, it was all his thinking, but it started off by our little fella called Eric. Um, so it was around July and, and uh, the mayor said, that's fine. So with news of the film being scheduled for a premiere in July, local dignitaries who ran all the local charitable bodies got in touch, all kinds of people, and that included all the sort of local uh, sort of people in the Masonic lodges everywhere who ran banks and things like that. Sure. Uh, you know the type. And uh, they were all overseeing the bodies. The trouble is, that's when it got a bit complicated because getting them organised was the hard bit. Uh, some of them were available, some of them weren't, some of them took a, a little bit of opposition to everything. Umbridge. Uh, Umbridge. Uh, That's the, the word you're looking you, for. You've been borrowing my dictionary. Thank you. Um, so, um, an agreed date was Friday the 10th of July 1964. It was leaving a little bit tight in terms of organising because, believe it or not, uh, one of the charities involved the Duke of Edinburgh and there was a proposal to get him involved and get him up here. So, ah. trying to get the Duke of Edinburgh involved, kind of a hard one. 
So, twenty second of April, uh, there was a meeting in the town hall, and the agenda was to discuss how to promote the uh, movie premiere up in Liverpool of a hard day's night for the charities because it was going to be labelled a charity event. And uh, but at that point, still they hadn't kind of considered that a civic reception might be combined with it. It was all totally separated, and there's lots of discussion minutes in the paperwork held in the Liverpool Library still on the topic because nobody kind of knew the band were, who were bankers and types like that. Aye. So uh, it just meant more things had to be worked out, more things had to be done. It was just the usual bureaucratic nonsense that meetings had to cover. And unfortunately, the Beatles had to wait. Right, the cinema where the uh, film was premiered uh, it was uh, the Odeon Cinema on London Road in Liverpool. Been there many times. Yeah. Uh, close to the Empire Theatre and the and Lime Street train station. The cost to hire the cinema for the premiere of the night on the 10th of July was £650. That, that, that's Blimey. about... Yeah, I know, yeah. I mean... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that all? That's all. The yeah. minutes show that it wasn't the only night that was uh, on the charity... That was one of the charity patrons. Lord Derby was available, suggesting it might not have happened otherwise. Uh, so that the meeting uh, added that if the Beatles could not attend in person on that night, because Mr Epstein could not give that assurance until after the 13th of May, then there would be no northern premiere of their movie. So, <laughs> to them. Uh, the charity committee organising the premiere was made up of one president, Lord Derby, and uh, 42 vice presidents, has to one be. secretary, one treasurer, and Ray McFall, uh, who ran the cavern. So he'd be the sort of common sense end of it all, wouldn't yeah, he? He's the yeah. um, A&R man for the, the cavern. Yeah. Uh, the tickets, because uh, uh, people have to be thought tickets, it had got to be tickets. Be a lot of demand. Riffraff turning up, yeah. <laughs> like us. So the manager agreed to manage the issue of the tickets, which would all be postal applications. Uh, and the allocations would be approximately be hmm. 10 tickets for each vice president, 1,000 tickets for the general public, and 1,000 tickets shared between the two charities. Uh, uh, that, so which charities were they? Yeah, so uh, one of them uh, was one that the Duke of Edinburgh belonged to, and he was part of the Gordonston charity. Ah, so was suggested, ah. you know, so they gave him a bell, you know, and they suggested he attend. But as the Beatles couldn't confirm a date, it all gets a little bit fizzy, fizzy and fuzzy and complicated oh, very now. busy, it? It, it would be slightly difficult. So it's not like the Duke of Edinburgh didn't have time to spare, but uh, you don't. <laughs> I, I don't know what the Duke of Edinburgh's appointment book looked like. No. Uh, a, a so, black thing about us, about... Oh, no, 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 I don't no. mean... I mean, oh, sorry, I mean, I mean it, yeah. That's his uh, name on the front. Yeah, 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 yeah. H-R-H. Yeah. Um, it was further suggested then that uh, instead of the Duke turning up he would just simply send a personal message like uh, you kept me waiting something rude from the Duke <laughs> yeah. of Edinburgh probably <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it goes <laughs> so uh, now we go to um, the souvenir programme that was uh, out with the film as well and Mr Denby he made lovely pottery yeah. uh, from the committee oh, agreed to d design the brochure which would include five pages of advertisements at £50 a page Quick or 10 half-page adverts at £30 each. The programme would include an article written by cavern owner Ray McFall, and the programme would retail at two shillings and sixpence, or 12.5p as mm -hmm. it is now. 
and uh, possibly sell autographed cop copies at uh, 10 shillings each, well, which could is you uh, could you 50p imagine? now. Yeah, but what would they be worth? Oh, oh heck. So, <clears throat> it seems to me like this timetable's get a little bit tight, and by the uh, end of May 1964, it seemed that everyone had finally got their act together, because Derek Taylor got involved, he was the, he's the PA for Brian Epstein anyway, um, and part of NEMS, and he sent a reply letter to the town clerk, and he said, look, the, all, uh, the, the city council could agree the following, all the Beatles could attend on the 10th of July, the charities would combine the film premiere with the civic reception at the Lord Mayor's house, the town hall. The Duke of Edinburgh wasn't coming. Ah, yeah, because he's, he's uh, staying in that night. He, he, yeah, he, uh, he darning was, his socks. He was doing his socks or playing with his horses or something. Oh. Like that. Um, and the band would be given an escorted drive to the city all the way out from Liverpool Airport, which is how many miles away from town? Uh, I haven't measured it, actually. No, uh, not really. If you hang on a minute, I'll go no, and no, measure no, it No, 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 stick, stick around. It's stick funny, around. Little, I bet uh, little did John Lennon know that you know, he'd be having an airport named after him as well, well really, yeah, when he... So it wasn't in that particular site, it was the other airport. Yeah, so strange. The old Liverpool Airport, yeah, which um, is now a hotel. And it's a nice-looking one, but I've never, never been... Can never park? Can't park. No, no, it's a really very thing. funny place to get into. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right, continuing. We diverge. Yeah, the town clerk announced that there would be discussions with all the charities, the Lord Mayor and the Chief Constable, because the police had to get involved at some point, oh, right. to agree the schedule and the route and all that malarkey to get the band in uh, from the airport into Liverpool, and they wrote back to Derek Taylor for the approval. It's the Beatle Places podcast special with Mark and Carl. This time, the story of A Hard Day's Night. A little bit of trivia now. Yeah. We have a little bit of trivia. Not, Did you know you? that the, uh, the film wasn't going to be called A Hard Day's Night? The working title was um, The Beatles. That's what it was called really? originally. And then Beatlemania, until uh, Ringo Starr, who was exhausted after a long day, uh, coined the phrase, it's a hard... Oh, it, it had lots of problems during the day. It's been a hard day's, and he looked out the window and saw it was dark and said, night. <laughs> so that was accepted by the studio. So, yep, we'll call it that, a hard day's night. So uh, that's one little bit of trivia. That's a good one. Aye. Ah, yeah. So uh, will you interject with some more at some other points throughout the... Uh, I'll the have a damn good try. <laughs> Meanwhile... You can't stop me, mate. Back at the ranch, yeah. we're talking about a hard day's night, the premiere in Liverpool, 10th of July. And here they were up to the point of discussing the visit, the schedule, the first version of the, the visit the band would make officially to come and say hello, meet their old fans and their old family, and also see a bit of the movie they made. So here was the scheduled visit. As scheduled, about five o'clock in the afternoon, the Beatles and all their reps would from NEMS would arrive at the airport, which is in a place called Speak, and Speak is spelt S-P-E-K-E. Pardon, say it again. S-P-E-K-E. <laughs> -E. Yes. Yeah, I, I spoke speak wrong. <laughs> so you've been drinking again. I, just a little. Oh, yeah. um, uh, five, ten past five, there would be a press conference. It tends to be in the airport. You can kind of picture how it's going to look, like all the Beatles seem to attend lots of them. Yeah, all sat there behind the table. Yep. Six o'clock-ish, they would leave the airport and drive through the city to the town hall with a motorcycle escort provided by the Liverpool Police Force, which is really odd because 
First of all, they all lived in that part of Liverpool anyway, South yeah. Liverpool. Yeah. They knew Speak Airport really well. The, the Liverpool police force was around the corner from where Paul lived in Fourth Lynn Road. Lots of things are just very strange. It just wouldn't seem realistic to them or real at all. Mm. Um, but, um, They'd probably be wondering, it's tea time, where's me tea? <laughs> Six o'clock at night, that it's, it's open. time for your tea. So um, there would there would be a, obviously it would have been civic reception at the town hall. It would all be kind of formal, all very polite. Uh, so by seven o'clock, they were invited uh, the invited guests to the reception, which was mostly family and friends and people that uh, stayed up in Liverpool while the band did everything else. They would meet up and arrive at the town hall themselves, and then the Beatles would leave the town hall at about eightish and go and see the movie at the Odeon Cinema. Um, which is on London Road, isn't it? On it is, Road. down the bottom. Yeah, of. Um, and then they, the, the movie would be on at nine o'clock in the evening, uh, and that would inc- include them personally turning up, and come 11 o'clock, off they went. So um, even with this much kind of planning, I mean, the Beatles didn't know how many representatives would come in with the band, and uh, they'd be surprised when they did see how many would Bring come everybody in. they possibly could, I suppose. <laughs> I would, uh-huh. Well... Um, they also asked for a no autograph policy at the civic reception because you know what guests are going to be like and family and friends would be like. So it just would have been more complicated than they would have preferred. So they liked it nice and simple, nice and easy. But um, we, we go back into the realms of the tickets that Mark mentioned just a little bit earlier. And the, the archive documents I've seen show early versions of the type of application forms you could apply for the things but uh, the tickets were uh, there seems there was no limit to the number of tickets only the prices and so uh, the most expensive ticket was a fiver Whoa. then it was three guineas which is a pound and a shilling uh, 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 three shillings three, three, three pound, pound three shillings three, three pounds and three shillings in old money thank you lsd um and uh, and so on down the line and but don't forget all that a typical weekly wage for anyone who was working class in 1964 was around seven six or seven quid so a five quid ticket to see a movie was a big stretch for a lot of people but i'm sure some people it is now really <laughs> well i've seen you crying as you go in to see kindergarten cop three yeah um so uh, there was money involved, so a lot of people did the finances. Uh, the detail of that is a little bit dull and boring, but let's just say it came to this. When it came to filling the seats, the cost of the cinema, uh, including all the staff to run the cinema and get it run, came to about 840 quid. And if you wanted a seat in the Royal Circle, it was £5. And uh, any seat at the back uh, was, uh, back stall of the seats were £2, and the front stall seats were £8. So uh, you could tell that um, when you sit at the very front, you don't see a great deal. No, it's too, you're too close, then. Oh, really. yeah. It, it's a yeah. bit like taking a, a, a sort of optician's test, isn't You've it? You've got to look up, you crane your neck up and <laughs> see what's going on. Very difficult, yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, right. So um, there's no evidence that Brian Epstein or anyone from NEMS came to Liverpool to discuss the civic reception or the premiere between April, April and July. They were busy enough as it is, I suppose, mm. flying around all over the place. Can't, can't deny it. So uh, it just probably done by letters and phone calls. And the charity committee and the Lord Mayor's team, however, had a number of lengthy meetings in Liverpool to put uh, the fine details, the, the little fiddly bits to the original plan. Well, you got to do that. Uh, after the meeting on the 6th of June, 1964, they wrote to Brian Epstein in London uh, so he could be kept in the, the picture of what was going on. Mm. Uh, and on that particular day, on the 10th of June, uh, Brian and the band were in Hong Kong. 
after, yeah. after touring the Far East. Yeah, so were. Yeah. very successful uh, trip out there. And they were off to Australia the following day. So every day it was a room and a hotel and another room and a hotel. Just like a movie, I think. Just like the movie. Yeah, yeah, just like a movie. movie. But I think it was Jimmy Nickel time, wasn't it? So Jimmy Nickel was filling uh, in for Ringo. Yeah, because yeah, uh, Ringo had uh, tonsillitis and uh, pharyngitis and uh, would leave for, Austra- leave for Australia a bit later on the 12th of June, 1964. He was never a well lad. He wasn't, no. Not even when he was a little lad. No. So the, the 10th of June, 1964 letter was written by Adrian Wolfe, oh. the secretary on behalf of Mr Tunnington, the charity chairman. That sounds like a charity chairman. And local it? bank manager. Aye. Aye. He reminded Brian Epstein that the arrangements for the press conference were entirely up to NEMS, which was Tony Barrow or Derek Taylor's role. Okay. Mr. Wolfe then advised him that Mr. Watson, the chief assistant chief constable in Liverpool, had finally devised the route from Liverpool to a Liverpool Airport to the town hall for the escorted drive-in. The Beetle Places podcast with Mark and Carl. Find us under B for Beatles or P for Podcast or A for any old rubbish. Well, as I've seen the drive-in, it looks like a bus route to me. I yeah, mean, you, yeah. they could have all jumped on the 86 and got into town, but... Um... <laughs> yeah, so they all, they were all from that end of the city anyway, the south yeah. of Liverpool, so they, they knew the way or past old, old roads and stuff like that. Uh, so the the route went as follows. Oh, right. I think Go it's on, me man. now, isn't it? it? Is. Cheers, That's your name on your T-shirt. Ah, thanks, it's man. Yeah. So there was a route. That had to be a route, didn't it? They couldn't have all just jumped in a taxi and done it. So it was made all official because it gave it a chance for all the people who were in the neighbourhoods of where they came from to give them a wave and have a big smile and just enjoy the, enjoy the afternoon. So the route was from the airport to Liverpool and it took a load of old familiar routes that uh, the band, as individual, as boys really, they knew really, really well. So they came along the Speak Road from Liverpool Airport, then uh, they went down Walton Road, where Walton is the district where John came from, he would have recognised that. More famously, they went down Mather Road, which is a very big, long strip of road anyway, and that leads right into an area called Allerton. And Allerton takes you pretty much into the Penny Lane area, and uh, from Penny Lane, you go past places like Ullet Road, and then you're trickling into town gradually. It's a very gradual run, isn't it, Mark? It's kind of a little bit hilly. Yeah. Um, and uh, but um, tree-lined roads, lots yeah. of tr- lots of trees yeah. around there. there quite are, a very I thought, yeah, uh, I forgot about that rural sort of. So uh, really. they they came into town much like they did as school kids coming to the Liverpool Institute or the Liverpool Art College. They came that way in, and uh, that included uh, roads they'd fam- be familiar with, like Catherine Street and Myrtle Street, and um, and then they drove down Bold Street. Nowadays, most of these roads are precincts, <laughs> yeah. so it's hard to imagine cars going up and down. And but they did once upon yeah. a time one way uh, one way streets and stuff like that. Oh, it's just, so it's, you, it's, it's not like it used to be. No, and uh, it was better as it used to be. Right. So um, if you want to know a bit of trivia about that particular route, the details are all there somewhere but John John actually worked at the Liverpool airport once upon a time when he was a young man because he was sort of a what Americans would call a bus boy and he like cleaned trays and plates and did the washing up and stuff in uh-huh. the restaurant there that was called the Viscount restaurant oh I like Viscount so it's chocolate no, 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 biscuits. They're, they're chocolate biscuits ah, right. 
Um, also, the, the car escorts went past Paul's house in Fortland Road, and of course there were people from the neighbourhood waving at him there, yeah. as they may be one, two. Um, and uh, where Allerton Road and Smith Down Road uh, combine, that's the area that's known as Penny Lane District. So Penny Lane, who doesn't know Penny Lane? I've done know. Yeah, there might be one or two still mm. out there. Um, and I mentioned a road just a second ago called Ullett Road. And uh, conveniently, that's where Stuart Sutcliffe once lived in a flat. And uh, he lived he lived along most of the route at one time or another as an art student. So famously, he was uh, probably remembered on the way there. Uh, not forgetting that um, on the way into town, various many other places uh, were sort of uh, passed by. And it must have been a nice little bit of nostalgia for the band as they crawled into town. Of course, um, when it came to... Uh, going to, for the next route when they left the town all after their formal cups of tea. They would have tra travelled from the town hall to the cinema. Now, me and Mark would know the way there quickly, but, or as the crow flies, but um, this basically was a very short route, just, um, I don't know, mile and a half, two miles? Something like that, I yeah. think, yeah, not yeah. very long. But the Odeon Cinema is kind of uh, on the perimeter of Liverpool. Uh, famously, it's opposite a place called Duncan Taylor's, where Ringo used to get his stage costumes made. So when they arrived at the Odeon Cinema, that might have rung a bell for Ringo. So, um, of course, when the town hall uh, formality was over and done with, they had, to go, they had to get there somehow. And again, it was via limousines. It's the Beetle Places podcast special with Mark and Carl. This time, the story of a hard day's night. So, I think we ought to hand over to Mark because my uh, my tongue's about dry. Oh, well, What's got... next? Well, now then, mm. James Bond. What? James Bond. Oh. You know James Bond, Ian Fleming and all I this do. and the other. I do, I do. The film, A Hard Day's Night, has some links with James Bond. and Pray like tell. That. I will, yeah. Remember when uh, Ringo goes into the gambling club, he gets uh, the invitation, he finds the invitation, it's supposed to be for Paul's dad, I think. Oh, yeah, little old man. Yeah, yeah. little old man, very little, clean. Very clean. Uh, it's called Le Circle Gambling Club. Ringo is invited to the same club. But that is where James Bond makes his first appearance in Doctor No in 1962. Yes. This movie and Doctor No were released by United Artists, so... A connection. So a connection there. A little bit of James Bond. Mm -hmm. And also... Go ahead. Richard Vernon, the city gent on the train, when the Beatles ah, were first on... Ah, bowler hat on. Uh, he, he, the annoyed city gent. Yeah, he took an objection to them being yeah. in the... Ca yeah. Uh, he also played Colonel Smithers in Goldfinger which is released two months later from the same studio. Oh, that's some heavy trivia there. So in that it? film, James Bond jokes that serving champagne at the wrong temperature is like listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> well, so another James Bond connection. <laughs> right? Good. And also, By not only but, we have another one, uh, is the song This Boy, which is uh, also known as Ringo's theme, because they did uh, a sort of... A, a version without any singing in it as well. An instrumental version was used in the movie to accompany Ringo Starr's solo scene. And the guitarist was a man called Vic Flick. 
Ah. who previously played on the James Bond theme from Doctor No. On the cello, I, I seem to recall. Uh, it, no, guitar. No? Oh, that was George. Sorry, that was George. The sorry. wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> so another James Bond thing there. And finally, Lily, uh-huh. James Bond, beside grandfather's uh, gambling at the Circle Club, there's Margaret Nolan, a girl... Um, at Le Circle Club in the film, mm. also appeared in that movie as Dink, the girl at the hotel swimming pool. She was in uh, the Hard Day's Night as well, so she appeared oh. in uh, in uh, Goldfinger. Oh, right. Well. So I think that is all the James Bond connections. So quite a surprise, really, yeah. all the little and bits that... You know what, we're going to come back for in. more soon, so stick around. Right. Stick around. Are we OK now? Right. So uh, I'll just cover some ground when it comes to the arrival at the town hall. How's that sound? Go on, then. Oh. <laughs> go on, go right. on. Well, I'm, I'm going oh, to. I'm just giving up page eight. Oh, page right. eight, paragraph four. Right. As for the um, uh, <clears throat> official official beginning, <clears throat> back sure. to Carl. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> Carl, for that introduction. <laughs> I'm, I'm losing it, Mark. I'm uh, losing it. You lost it years yeah. ago. <laughs> As for the uh, back to the Beatles and back to a hard day's night premiere in Liverpool, 10th of July, 1964. As for the arrival at the town hall, Mr. Wolf, who was helping Mr. Tunningham, as we seem to recall, keep notes, included some provisional arrangements in his letter about how the Beatles would arrive. They they would arrive at 6:30 at the town hall and meet the Lord Mayor. How do you do? I'm a Lord Mayor. Who are you? At 6.30 to 7 o'clock, the Beatles will have a private room at which time invited guests will begin to arrive. So that must be where they can sort of chill out, just just for a bit. Have a drink and a song. Now, how many people would you reckon would have been invited? Oh. Town uh, hall. We know what the town hall is like. Yeah. Um, I've been in the town hall a few times. They won't want it too packed, would they? Nah, not uh, really. Not really. Would you like a number? Go on then. Five hundred. They expected five hundred guests to come. That's not the crowd outside. That's the guests inside. Um, and not including it, all the officials. Oh well, no! Everybody I mean, else. Um, you, you can imagine. You can imagine so, who wants to be a guest, but uh, a select few were picked. A select few. Yeah. Now, when um, you you are you, I'm not sure if you have yet, but you must. If anyone comes to Liverpool at any time, you must take the uh, town hall tour. Uh, for one thing, it's excellent. For another thing, the guy who taught, took me around was a blind fella, a fella called Steve Bins, is that his name? That's right? his name. Steve yeah. Bins, mm. smashing fella. Um, and he knew the town hall uh, exceptionally well, the history in the, back, in the back of it. And uh, just for the hell of it, he lets you play on the balcony and pretend you're a beetle. So he opens the doors. He opens the doors on the floor where the balcony is, and you can do all the things the Beatles did on the day. So that's a tremendous thrill. Um, but within the town hall is that room where the Beatles were sort of residing, and uh, also there's what they call a minstrels gallery, a little sort of, little sort of uh, balcony space uh, where musicians used to play. Unfortunately, the Beatles didn't bother on this occasion. A bit difficult there, I suppose. Yeah, and there's instruments. <coughs> and, oh, you name yeah. it. So, um, come seven o'clock, the schedule went as follows. The Liverpool City Police Band would play in the Town Hall Ballroom. Can you imagine the racket? Were they the the band that played when John first met Paul? The police band? Ah, no, I see where your connection is. I see that. Now, I'll look that up and tell you another time, because I haven't figured that one out. It was a band, wasn't it? It was a band. There was a city police force, yeah, Ah, yeah. that played in the band. But I don't know how they could get the truncheons through the violins and stuff like that. So, <laughs> um, 
So come 8 o'clock, 8.15 to be precise, the guests of the band will leave and they'll all be taken in private buses up to the Odeon Cinema about a mile and a half away. Didn't wait at the bus stop then. Oh, uh, <laughs> can you imagine the queue? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, full up, mate. Yeah, where's your ticket? It's too early. Um, so uh, 8.30, the Liverpool City Police Band would all rip-roar up to the Odeon Cinema as well. God knows how they fitted on the bus with all those instruments. <laughs> We stop talking about the instruments. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that's not coming on board. After the premiere, of course, the Beatles would leave via the front entrance of the Odeon, but they were, their route back would to the airport wouldn't be divulged. Of course, they'd just be raced back, as you can imagine. So, uh, Mr. Wolf, being one of the sort of uh, administrators of this, uh, concluded his letter by asking for Nim's comments on the proposed campaign and whether the Beatles would like any refreshments at the town hall or the cinema. Almost as an afterthought, really, he, a- he asked for names and addresses of any personal guests the Beatles would like to be included, i.e. kith and kin, rallies and all that, relatives. Uh, and he ended by wishing the group a very successful trip to Australia. But uh, they were there by then, so it was, it was kind of a, a done and dusted deal. And that is us up to date as far as the administration goes. We're going to talk a little bit more in a second. Aha. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes part one of our Beetle Places podcast special on a hard day's night. Part two, the continuing story of our Beetle Places special, is available now. So what are you waiting for?